0: Welcome to the Life on the Upcycle Podcast. I'm Ashley Titus, a coffee-obsessed, cloth-diaper-loving, working mother with a master's degree in environmental management. Each week, I'll be bringing you interviews from experts with tools to help your busy family live a more eco-friendly, centered life in a world that's constantly demanding you to show up. You won't have to worry about that here. I'll do the heavy lifting. So relax and enjoy. And together... Let's love Earth Day because she's the only one we've got. Welcome to the Life on the Upcycle podcast. This is the second episode in a fall mini-series. Today's episode is all about upcycling. Merriam-Webster defines upcycling as to recycle something in such a way that the resulting product is of higher value than the original item, to create an object of greater value from a discarded object of lesser value. In our private Facebook community group, Love Earth Big, you can find the link actually to that group in the show notes. Many of you share incredible upcycling projects that you've done at home, including upcycling lampshades into hanging lanterns and upcycling old tires into beautiful outdoor gardens. This community never ceases to amaze and inspire me. On a macro level, companies like Nike have taken their rubber from old shoes and upcycled them into new gymnasium flooring, and they've turned plastic bags into dry-fit clothing. However, a sector of industry that's really rarely discussed in terms of upcycling is the food industry. This episode is devoted to just that, upcycled foods and specifically snacking. But without revealing too much, I'll introduce you to today's guest, Shannon Newman. Shannon is Associate Director of Snack Futures Innovation, Mondelēz International's Innovation and Venture Hub that plays a critical role in the company's aggressive global growth agenda. In the Snack Futures models of Invent and Venture, Shannon is thrilled to have had the opportunity to align her work and her personal passions for creating and building brands while connecting people from around the world through food. Shannon has been with Mondelēz International for nine years, and before that, she worked with Kraft Foods, Cadbury, and Nabisco. Shannon has held a number of key leadership roles in brand management, global breakthrough innovation, and portfolio management across multiple categories, including gum, candy, and biscuits. And she's led and executed multi-market big bet projects for Mandela's collaborating across boundaries with cross-functional colleagues. Shannon received her graduate degree from the University of Massachusetts Amherst, and her MBA from Fairleigh Dickinson University. So without further ado, I can't wait to introduce you to this episode with Shannon. Here we go. Well, thank you, Shannon, so much for joining me today, um, despite all of the little hiccups that we've had today. Before that, though, our conversation has been so rich that I'm really excited to talk to you today and to have you on the show. So if you wouldn't mind just starting off and just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're passionate about.
1: Hi, thanks, Ashley. It's really great to be here. I, oh, what am I passionate about? It's a, it's a big question. I mean, obviously, put relationships aside and the dog child who hopefully will not bark for you. I've been working in the food industry for going on twenty years now. Companies like Nabisco, Kraft, Cadbury—so really iconic brands. And in that time, I've had some really amazing opportunities that have turned into passions. So, I think the biggest being traveling the world. I've been able to really kind of. Get into really incredible places to talk to people, to talk to consumers about food and snacks and what that means to them, how it fits into their lives, what they crave or what they're missing, trying to create new exciting opportunities. And that that process that really kickstarted my love of travel, of exploring other cultures and foods and photography. So, and I love history. So I was an undergrad major in school. So one of my favorite things to do when I'm traveling to a place, learn about the history, the culture, and then go on a food tour. So to eat my way through those places. Yeah, so that's really exciting. And that are those are things that really came to me through my career. I, I may not have had that opportunity to experience otherwise. One of those career opportunities, actually being able to spend a few weeks in Ghana, working within the cocoa farming community. So cocoa's. The essence of chocolate and, and the company that I currently work for, Mondelez International, you'll know it for brands like Oreo, for <laughs> Toblerone or Cadbury, it's real chocolate based, And we have a program called Cocoa Life, which really makes sure that the chocolate's made right, ethically and sustainably sourced. And I have the opportunity to be on the ground and work hand in hand with the men and the women who uh, make cocoa. Their living, their livelihood and really trying to empower those communities to work on like a lot of issues that they're facing, like climate change, gender inequality, poverty, child labor. And that really put me in this unique position when I came home to really understand and know more about the cacao fruit, but also to be able to jump at the chance to lead a brand like Kapow, which we'll talk about as it kind of moves into its next phase of launch in the marketplace.
0: That is absolutely incredible. I love that you took, though, your passions and you have, I know that you've had the opportunity to do that, but I'm sure too, part of that had to be your own personal drive, kind of interweaving that within your job. So that's amazing. That's so cool to hear about Ghana. A organization that I actually volunteer with, the Institute of Ranch Management at TCU in Fort Worth, they worked with Ghanaian cattle ranchers. But you're so right. So much of that, too, has to deal with the history and the culture before you even can approach different communities. You have to be informed about those things and kind of go into it completely open minded.
1: Yeah. A thousand percent. I mean, culture, culture diversity is obviously huge. And you want to respect the cultures that you're going into. And there's a lot to understand. There's a lot of rich history there. And how you communicate with people is really, really key. And making sure that you're doing it in a way that is received well, and is beneficial to both of you.
0: Absolutely. One more thing too, that you said, kind of a side note with Cadbury. So it's funny because I went on a trip to London years ago and tasted Cadbury chocolate bars. Here we all know the like the eggs, you know, but the actual chocolate bar, my family's from Pennsylvania. So I felt guilty falling in love with Cadbury over Hershey, but that's incredible to hear that they're doing the work with the beans.
1: I would say from my perspective, that's actually fine because the Cadbury that you can buy in the United States is actually made by Hershey. It is not the Cadbury that you will, if you go to anywhere else in the world, Cadbury is made by Cadbury. But many, many years ago, the people at Cadbury, in order to kind of enter the U.S. market in a bigger way, made a deal with Hershey so that it's, it's a licensed product. So you can love Cadbury just as much as you love Hershey.
0: Oh, I didn't realize that. There you go. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All things chocolate I'm obsessed with and which is like perfect too to talk about today so would you mind telling us a little bit about kapow
1: absolutely so kapow it's a snack brand we're built on the mission of we say rescuing and reimagining parts of the cacao fruit that go to waste during the, the chocolate production process so we take this like sweet and zesty flavored upcycle cacao fruit combine it with nuts seeds and other fruits and we make really delicious satisfying snacks Made with only real ingredients, so they're plant-based, non-GMO, gluten-free, and we really are proud that they're sustainably made and packaged. We just launched a new flavor last month called Cherry Almond Cocoa, so it takes it in a bit more of an indulgent space to so complement the rest of our line. And we have a new format coming in October that we're we can tease, but we're not quite ready to, to announce yet. So everybody kind of keep a look out for that.
0: Yeah. So I'm curious, what's your favorite flavor?
1: I mango cashew coconut. Was absolutely my, my favorite. It's since we launched, it's my go-to, but the cherry almond cocoa is, is kind of a close second now. And it's a diff- different occasion for me. That for me is hits that like three in the afternoon. I need just like a little kind of sweet pick me up to get me going. That's when I reach for that one. Where the mango cashew coconut is more kind of like morning or like on the road on my way to whether it's a meeting or a class or something.
0: Yeah. I could see that being really beneficial, like when there's that email that you don't want to respond to, right? Like having that that motivation. You
1: need that moment to breathe before you respond. Yes.
0: Yeah. I think what's really interesting for myself and then also too for most of our listeners is the snacking part of it, just being so busy on the go. Also too, my child loves anything that like resembles a ball that he can eat. I don't know why, but as I think like most small children do, you mentioned too something about the upcycling portion of your product. And I know that that's something that Kapow is really big on the mission portion of things. So why don't we talk a little bit about upcycling food in general? Because I think a lot of people don't even realize that that is an industry that or products that you can buy that are upcycled.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think upcycled food is definitely kind of a newer movement and concept. People, when they think of the term or the idea of upcycling, really more equated to clothes and furniture and plastics, it's like how you can give older things new life. And there's this misconception when it comes to upcycled food that, I mean, specifically about like the perceived quality of it. So if you think about the food industry, over 30% of all food becomes food waste it's lost to food waste and it's it's a huge problem for the, the planet it contributes to global warming creates emissions and there's a lot of reasons behind that whether it's you've got imperfect foods or produce that people aren't buying in the, the store or goes bad before you get to cooking it at home, Um, or even just uh, in case of cacao. we'll talk about the cacao fruit. It's using all parts of the fruit rather than just one part that seems to have been used for for many centuries. So there's a lot of reasons behind food waste, but there's also a lot of now great momentum on ways that we can help to address it. So like upcycling food is really an easy way for anyone to prevent food waste with the products that they decide to buy. It's literally putting your money where your mouth is, right? You want to make a little bit of a difference, and the easy way to do it, you're going to eat, you're going to snack anyway. And why not pick one that isn't just really good for you and delicious, but helps the planet at the same
0: time. I love that. I always reiterate to the listeners that you vote with your dollar. Yeah. And so that's such an easy sw- swap. Swap. There we go. Such an easy swap when you're going to buy things for the week. It's just instead of something that you normally would, just use something like cacao or another upcycled product and boom, you've reduced the methane that is released from the, the fruit that decomposes in the landfills. Because I was shocked to see that 70% of the cacao fruits is wasted. So
1: the cacao fruit, a lot of people don't realize what it looks like, what it tastes like, where it comes from. It's about the kind of like appearance and shape of a football. And it has three parts to it. It's got that husk, the shell that protects the fruit. Inside is a fleshy, juicy kind of component to it that surrounds the cocoa bean. And it's the cocoa bean, which is only 30% of that overall fruit that is used. And so if you think about it in terms of the impact, about 14 million tons of cacao fruits harvested on an annual basis to make chocolate, which means only 30% of that 14 million tons is actually being used. So 10 million tons of fruit are wasted. And if, if you kind of quantify that, it's reducing the amount of CO2 is planting three and a half billion trees a year.
0: Wow.
1: Which is about the area of Germany and France combined.
0: That's incredible. That's hard to completely grasp. Wow.
1: And in the process of that, you're not just helping kind of from a CO2 perspective. You're also giving these farming communities more value for their crops. So they're not just selling us the bean, they're selling us the food as well. So you're really improving the quality of life within these farming communities.
0: Absolutely. And I think, too, one other point is, is that it's also providing a solution to the potential food crisis that is going to occur because of the large population increase. That's one extra food source that we haven't been utilizing, which is absolutely incredible. And plus, it's super nutritious. I was really surprised to find that, too. So that's a, a definite win-win.
1: Yeah, no, it absolutely is. Call it a wonder fruit because there really is so much kind of nutritional power packed into all three components of that fruit offer something unique and different both in taste but also in nutrition in its raw form.
0: Ah, I love that. It almost sounds too good to be true. It's perfect. Yeah, Right? <laughs> So this summer, y'all announced that you received a new certification. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So our friends at the Upcycled Food Association, so they are a relatively new group created a couple of years ago with their kind of compiled industry industry category, these universities kind of activists really who are looking at this space and how they can help to better kind of define it. They did some great research and they saw that 60% of people wanted to buy more upcycled food products once they understood what it was, kind of the concept behind it. And so, which is a really kind of motivating factor. And one of the biggest challenges that that we all have within this, this space is... How to communicate the concept and the benefit of upcycled food in a way that's relatable to people, to consumers, as well as to stores, to retailers, and that assured them of quality. And so on our part of it took a lot of trial and error to find what the right messaging was that was motivating and understood by consumers. That was before upcycled food was actually defined as a word. Like That was 2019 is when upcycled food was like given an actual definition. So uh, we were calling it Rescued and Reimagined. That wasn't perfect either. There's still a lot of question about what do you mean by that? Where the Upcycled Food Association and the certification comes in is they're driving broader awareness of the idea and validating the safety. So along with retailers like Whole Foods and Kroger, who are also elevating the conversation in their own ways by calling out the trend of Upcycled Food and investing in Upcycled Food brands, the more we use consistent messaging, the faster we'll be able to overcome the stigmas that are associated with food waste and using what was going to be wasted food. So the first certification was just launched earlier this year. There are now 11 or so products or ingredients that have gone through the process and attained a certification. It's kind of like a non-GMO or a certified organic mark. There's a certifying body that evaluates the product, the ingredient, the manufacturing process and assures that the actual value, the benefit of upcycling and the quality is there and gives that kind of like a, a seal of approval or endorsement to consumers that this is something that, yes, is validated, upcycled and safe for consumption.
0: That's really cool. So they look at the entire process. They do to make sure that it's handled correctly and managed well. Yes. That's wonderful. Something that's really daunting, I think, as like an individual consumer is, is when you feel like you have to research almost every brand to make sure that you know it's not something that's greenwashed. That's incredible. So just for everyone who's listening, if you go to the promotion of this episode, the picture that you see right on the front of the podcast episode that you're playing, you'll see Shannon's lovely picture. And then also too, if you zoom in a little bit, you can see the actual certification to keep an eye out for and feel free to share that with your family and friends so that way that's something that they know too that you can keep an eye out for like you said certified organic or some of those other i think forest alliance some of those other certifications that are out there that's so cool i love that so where can we find kapow you can buy us
1: directly from our website which is kapowfruit.com We're also growing in Southern California, so we're in roughly a 100 or so stores within kind of LA, West LA area, and we're working hard. We're still a small brand, but we're working hard to expand that footprint beyond Southern California, but we offer free shipping on the website, so you can always order through us directly.
0: Nice. I don't know who doesn't love free shipping. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) Very cool. And then too, are y- y'all are on social?
1: Correct. We are. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Kapow Fruits is our handle.
0: Very cool. Yeah. What I really love about Kapow is is that there's that mission to educate. So even just on some of the social media stuff, I've noticed a few educational components that are great to follow and just get whiffs of as you're swiping.
1: Yeah, education communication is really a big part of the brand. I mean, it was important for us to not just say we're a mission-based brand, putting the planet first, that we actually explained why. And it's not just about using an upcycled ingredient, but we're also making sure that our packaging is at a minimum fully recyclable, but trying to be as sustainable as possible. And we leverage wind-powered production in our manufacturing. So we're trying to really look at holistically as a brand and do better.
0: I love that. I also saw too on the website that there's a link to an app to help anyone find where to recycle the packaging. I loved that. I don't think I've seen that on other websites.
1: Yeah, there is. So Bauer is the program. It's a European company that's just starting to enter into the United States market. And if you download the app and you kind of scan the product after you buy it, you'll also receive a credit to the app that you can redeem. So. What? The more that you buy Kapow, the more that you scan and recycle that package, the more credit you build up that you can redeem out money or use for other products. So, yeah, no, we're really excited about that partnership and helping Bauer build its presence.
0: That's incredible. I didn't know about the credit part. That's neat. I'm going to do that right after I get (laughs) off of this. That's so cool. Ah, Well, I have learned so much today, Shannon. Thank you so much. Any closing words? No,
1: that's great. Actually, thank you so much for having me. I love talking about this. I'm um, really happy to be here. And yeah, no, kapowfruit.com. If you're interested, check us out, go to our Instagram and follow and let us know what you think. If you try it, definitely let us know we are listening.
0: Amazing. What better way to support a small company that's growing and doing the right thing. Thanks so much, Shannon. I appreciate your time and coming to the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to learn more about the Upcycled Certification, or Kapow, I've included both of the links in the show notes. A few brands that you can be on the lookout for that are Upcycled certified are Chai Smash, Kapow, Pulp Pantry, Lost and Found Distillery, Shameless Pets, Renewal Mill, Imperfect Foods, Phelps Pet Products, and Take-Two Foods. That's it for today. As always, love Earth big.